three of the National Football League is around the corner. The walking wounded are checking in. NFL.com's Tom Palacero reports Deshaun Jackson is expected to miss Sunday's game against the Lions, and he'll likely remain sidelined for the Eagles week four Thursday night contest as well. Sam Darnold, he's out with mononucleosis, is targeting a week number five return. That's good to hear as Trevor Semyon, his backup, is now out for the year with his ankle injury. Speaking Tuesday, Panthers coach Ron Rivera admitted Cam Newton was uncertain for week number three against the Cardinals. Cam Newton is dealing with a foot injury, one that he suffered during the preseason. Marcus Mariota did practice for week number three against the Jaguars. He's been suffering from a quad injury. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. On a Wednesday afternoon, lots to get to here as we run through the news across the NFL, what it means for your fantasy team, a lot of waivers being run tonight, and you can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. If you need some help with your week three fab bidding, you could check out my article up on fulltimefantasy.com right now. Uh, we got the target uh, fantasy football red zone target report, uh, the injury report. And again, uh, the fab blind bidding report that I write, you know, I give suggestions on bids, but you have to adjust accordingly. And every league is different. And it all is based on needs. You might be littered with injuries right now, and you might have to go a little bit higher on a player. You know, we talked about, you know, quarterbacks being on the waiver wire. And if you are an owner of Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe you have him paired with Mitch Trubisky or you have Roethlisberger and Breeze. Obviously, you're a little bit more desperate in leagues where you can trade. A little bit more simple. Well, maybe not. It can be difficult to make trades, but you can always look to make a trade. But in no trading leagues, uh, it's going to be a little bit more dicey. And you're going to have to work the waiver wire and maybe be more aggressive on the bid. So it all comes down to your individual team. So make sure you take that into account. The number there is just a suggestion. It doesn't mean... That's what you have to do. You know, I give a range, but I do put the disclaimer at the top. You know, if you need, feel like you need to be way more aggressive than this, go ahead. You know the league better than I do. Every league is different. Uh, hopefully you get a gauge of how aggressive the league is in the first two weeks. You know, you, you, you can see, well, maybe this league's a little conservative. Uh, maybe this league's a little bit aggressive. And I know it takes time, but I like to look through rosters. You know, especially, you know, the quarterback tight end position is pretty easy. Uh, to see, okay, who really needs someone? Uh, you know, if there is a good, I don't know any leagues where there's a good tight end available, but say there is, you know, you look and see, okay, who needs a tight end? Uh, same thing with the quarterback position as well, uh, because that will kind of tip you off to who is going to uh, need someone. Uh, again, you can check us all our DFS. We got optimizers, Slack chat as well. Our rankings uh, are out as well for the week. Uh, so if you have uh, any questions, you can just go uh, and look at the rankings for the week. And uh, they are posted there now. And if you have any specific questions, you could always ask them on the message boards and the forums. Uh, trade advice, 
waiver wire pickup advice, fab advice, strategy, whatever it is, we are there to help you throughout the course of the season. So use the promo code RONUS50. You get your first two months for the price of one. And, you know, a lot of times throughout the season, you know, we deal with uh, commissioner issues. Commissioners have to make decisions. And we spoke about it a little bit in the first hour, but there was a glitch in the CBS system last night where the waiver wire ran a day early. And it sucks for all parties involved. And CBS made the decision. You know, I'm a commissioner in a league, and I didn't have to do anything. But I noticed last night, you know, getting an email at, like, 2-something in the morning. So the waiver wire ran. And I'm like, what is going on? Because it was the wrong day. And this happened in two leagues. So apparently this happened across most CBS formats because I did put out a tweet. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, and a lot of people said, "Yeah, the same thing happened to me." So uh, it kind of sucks, you know. This is one of those situations where both sides are going to be upset, and there's no great solution to it because the problem is we run Fab, where you have thousand dollar budget and you blind bid players, and now people who put in their ad drops early, their bids were seen. So now everyone knows, okay, this is what this person's going to bid. The problem with just leaving it is there's a, there are a lot of people that didn't even enter their bids for the week yet. I know I didn't, and for, I, uh, and I'm not saying this because I'm upset that I missed out on a player because seeing all the players that went, I wasn't going to get them. This is not really a huge waiver wire week for me um, in that league. So it's not a personal thing, but it's not fair to the people who didn't put in their bids. Because I know for me, leagues that run on Wednesday night, I tend not to get in the bids until sometimes Wednesday afternoon just because of my schedule and all the writing and radio that I do. So I'm sure there's some other people, too, that plan it out. If you play in multiple leagues, you know, you might have a set time. I mean, there's some people that probably go, all right, I'll go in at 8 o'clock. Other people put them in early and just put in – small bids, and then change them. I know that's what one of my friends did. We share a league, and uh, he went in and put in a few bids, left it all at a dollar, and when it processed, we got someone for a dollar. And I don't know if that would have been our primary ad by the time we had the discussion, but again, just, he just doing preliminary bids. So it sucks. I know a lot of you are dealing with it today, and I don't think there's a simple solution here. What CBS did is they just basically reversed everything, put all the players that were claimed back in the free agent pool, and the budgets were restored. So, you know, people were commenting, oh, this sucks. I won someone. Now people saw my bid. I understand. I mean, really, there's there's no great solution here. Maybe you have one. If you want, you can call up, let me know. But uh, I see people on both sides are going to be upset because if you did win the player at that bid, you're happy about it, but you have to understand the other side. There are people who didn't even get the opportunity to put in their bids. So you hate to see this. Unfortunately, things like this happen. But this seems to be beyond a commissioner's control at this point because this is something that CBS did, and they reversed everything. So really sucks. And, uh, you know, sometimes these things happen. You hope that it doesn't happen at all. Uh, it's never happened to me before. Uh, I've never seen this. I was just stunned when I saw it last night. And at first, I thought it was one league, and I emailed the commissioner. Then I realized it was another league where I played CBS where it happened. 
or a league I'm commissioner. And then I'm looking at the settings like, did I change something? Because it's been the same thing for the first two weeks of the season. And so uh, just one of those things that sucks. And, you know, sometimes there's obvious answers where you know, okay, this is what we do. And both sides will be satisfied. I just hope the people that had their bids exposed kind of understand. I know they're upset today, but there's really nothing you can do in this matter. It's one of those unfortunate incidences. Uh, and yeah, it does create some problems. But, you know, if you put in your bid, you might have to go a little bit higher now that everyone has seen it. But for me personally, it really didn't affect me at all, at least in one league. The other league, I definitely have to make some bids, but only three were processed. So that goes to show you a lot of people did not put in bids because there's some good players out there. When we return, we'll go over some of the news here. Players missing practice. That's all ahead. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon, getting you set for week three of the NFL season. It has been a wild ride already. So much going on, a lot of injuries, a lot of storylines. So it's making the waters a little murky as we try to navigate through it here and bring your fantasy football teams to the playoffs. So uh, we will get there. We will get there. It's not easy. And some of our teams are going to be in bad shape, obviously. And it's going to be tough to overcome these injuries, but uh, some good things uh, as well. So uh, we'll get through it. Uh, saw this report earlier today. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but Adam Teicher, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs, he said Tyreek Hill was in the Chiefs locker room before practice, and he didn't look like a guy who was going to be out much longer. He no longer had his right arm in a sling, and he was dribbling a basketball with each hand. So, again, this doesn't really tell us when he's going to be back, but maybe he'll be back sooner than anticipated. And you got to wonder if that's going to temper the enthusiasm on some of the free agent bids on Demarcus Robinson, who is out there in quite a few leagues. McCole Hardman, I think, is owned in most, but he's still sitting there in some leagues. Uh, I know I picked up Demarcus Robinson in a couple leagues last week for nothing, and thank Goodness, I did. I did not start him in any of those leagues, but you know that's what we talk about all the time. You know, every week there's always that big waiver wire pickup where people are spending a lot of money, and at times we're going to have to do it. We have a thousand dollar budget in most leagues, or a hundred, depending on your format. So yeah, you have to spend some money. But the best thing is, is when you pick up that hot free agent a week or two before. I mean, that is really key, especially in the high stakes formats of building a very, very successful team. So. Uh, there might be he might Robinson might be out there in a league or two, but he is going to cost a lot of money this week, especially in links with twenty roster spots because there's really not much on the waiver wire. And you know when you look at the waiver wire articles, you guys know who play in the high stakes leagues. Most of those players are owned. It's just a, a deep format with very very smart players. So, um, I, you know Robinson Harvin will both see less snaps when Tyreek's back, but they could still be good. Again, it's the Chiefs offense, man. You want a part of it. It's 
you know, and I'm going to have to make some of those decisions this week. And it's just really difficult to bench Hardman and Robinson right now. Uh, and they're not going to go off every single week. Robinson had six targets. He caught all of them. But four of those plays were 25-plus yard plays. So he's getting downfield. And I know people are going to say, oh, it's the Ravens' defense. Um, they're not that. They're not as good as they were. They lost a lot. And let's keep in mind who they played the first two weeks. You know, I think this is the wrong time to use those fantasy points against. And this team's allowing X amount at the position. We got two weeks. You're really going to take away what the Ravens did against Miami and Arizona? I mean, come on. And Arizona's not a bad offense, but uh, and Arizona moved the ball. Arizona just couldn't convert in the red zone, and they settled for a lot of field goals near the end zone. It's not going to be the case with the Chiefs, so I don't see the Ravens stopping the Chiefs, so I'm not worried about any of the matchups this week. I think that will be a high-scoring game, and the over-under is 55. <laughs> and we rarely see the Ravens involved in a game with 55. Their defense is not what it was. We're going to find that out this week, and maybe – they prove me wrong. If they go out and play a great defensive game, then, yeah, we'll, we'll have to reevaluate and say, you know what, maybe this defense is uh, as good as it was the last couple of years. I don't see it. They lost a lot. No Jimmy Smith at corner. So this is a huge, huge test for that team this week, and uh, I think that they'll put up a lot of points. Uh, LaShawn McCoy will try and practice today. Damian Williams will not for the Chiefs, according to Andy Reid. So that's uh, – that means Darwin Thompson could see a big role. And I think he's in competitive leagues he's owned. I haven't seen him at free agent in any of the leagues I checked. But I think in leagues with uh, 16 roster spots, he could be out there. Because what happened was he was a hot commodity in the preseason. Then once LaShawn Le- McCoy was signed by the team, uh, people saw that his role wasn't very heavy in week one. And they probably dropped him. But now... In this offense, if one of those backs sits, uh, he's going to be in for a big role. And if they both sit, then you know he's going to be looking at a much bigger role. And we still might see Darrell Williams, but Darwin Thompson, certainly someone who is hurt at running back, can go out there and get him. Devin Singletary did not practice today for the Bills. They don't know the extent of this injury. He left the game in the fourth quarter against the Jets on Sunday. Uh, not against the Jets, against the Giants. I knew they were at MetLife Stadium uh, with a hamstring issue. So this is not good. Singletary has looked really good this year. He's just losing out on touches to Frank Gore, which I don't understand why. I think in the long run, you're going to see Singletary get more touches. He's just been explosive and the better running back. Maybe they're trying to ease him in. It's not like Frank Gore has been great. Gore has 30 carries for 88 yards. He did score a touchdown last week, although I do think this is a good spot for Frank Gore this week. Especially if Singletary's out, Gore's going to get a huge workload. The Bills open uh, at home this week. They've had two games on the road, both at MetLife Stadium, so they haven't even had to travel that far. Although it is further than people think. I think it's what Buffalo about seven, eight hours. But still, it's not like they had to go to the West Coast. And Gore, good spot this week. I mean, I'm, I might actually start him in a league. I had to pick him up. I don't really have much at the RB2 position. I was using Singletary, and I can't rely on that this week. So Gore was out there, so I probably will use him this week. It's just a really good matchup, and you know he's going to get the volume. There's a good opportunity for him to get a touchdown or two. The Bills should have no problem moving the ball against the San Francisco defense. We saw what uh, – not against the Bengals defense. We saw what the San Francisco running backs – did to Cincinnati last week, absolutely carving them up. 
So uh, he's in a good spot this week to produce uh, if you need him and, you know, not someone that you've usually used a lot. Mark Andrews is not practicing today, the Ravens' tight end. Did the same thing last week, and then people started getting worried. I was getting questions over the weekend about Andrews. I said, no, it looks like it's precautionary, and he's going to go. So I'm not really worried about it. Uh, Obviously, great matchup this week. Well, should be a high-scoring game against the Chiefs, and Andrews has been phenomenal so far. And he was a tight end I liked a lot. I think I had him ranked in the top 12. I remember we spoke. We were doing these best ball championships, and – Andrews was always available at the end. I always took him like in the 14th round as my second tight end. Sometimes my first, depending on how it went. But he was a guy that I wanted uh, all the time. Do have him in a couple leagues. And I do have him in one of the FFWC leagues along with Vance McDonald. So sucks that there's no trading because if you have that combo with so many teams hurting at tight end, you might get something good. But uh, Andrews is the guy that I got to start, man. He's just been so good. And we saw it last year, you know, Lamar Jackson was looking for him constantly. And, you know, one of the criticisms people had about Andrews was, well, he's not playing a full complement of snaps. And Boyle's involved and Hayden Hurst. And you have to keep this in mind with tight ends. I don't care about how many snaps they play. Because we saw the same thing last year with Vance McDonald. And then we heard them come out, Randy Fickner, the offensive coordinator, say, yeah, we're not going to go much higher than that this year. And I haven't seen the exact snap count for McDonald yet. But it doesn't matter because it means, at least in the case of Andrews, okay, when they're running, he's not out there blocking. Okay, that's fine. I don't need him on the field to block. If they're going to run on that play, and it decreases the chances for injury. You you can get hurt on a block on a running play. So I don't care. As long as he's getting the targets when he is on the field, running passing routes, that's all that matters to me. And that's the case with Mark Andrews, which is why – Never downgraded him because it was something in the preseason, too. And the preseason can be a foreshadowing of things to come, and sometimes it's not. So hopefully you didn't buy those reports and were able to get Andrews on your fantasy team because, man, he has just been uh, phenomenal so far. Aaron Jones. So funny. So I did the stock watch for Sports Illustrated. It's published there today, si.com slash fantasy. And I put Aaron Jones on there. Because Aaron Jones has been phenomenal. Well, last week, coming off a big game, 23 carries, 116 rushing yards, and a touchdown, and four receptions, 34 yards as a receiver. That's what we want to see from Aaron Jones. That's why people were drafting him as early as the second round, usually the third. And Jamal Williams was in the mix last week, but there were some comments that were not what fantasy owners want to see from Packers coach Matt LaFleur regarding Aaron Jones. It's not injury-related, but it's not ideal for your fantasy team. What does it mean, and what should you do with Aaron Jones? Is this the time to deal? I'll let you know next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
Back here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, if you miss any portion of the show or you can't listen live on certain days, you can always hear it on demand anytime you want. Just go to your podcast, search for full-time fantasy, hit subscribe, and you'll get a notification whenever the new episodes are uploaded. And it's usually right after the live show ends, not too long after it. You can check out my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Have the week three fab article up. We've got... Red zone targets, snap count articles, and a lot more injury report. Our week three rankings are up there. And use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. Any specific questions, ask them on the message boards and the forums. Whether it's strategy, start, sit, waiver wire pickups, fab strategy, we are there to help you be successful. So check us out today. As I mentioned before, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers, said... We want to even up the touches between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And we're sitting here saying, why? We all know Aaron Jones is better. He's the more explosive running back. It's something that we've called for for the last couple of years. And obviously week one, Packers offense looked terrible against the Bears defense. It was an ugly game. And as I mentioned, uh, Aaron Jones fell in drafts after that game because, you know, obviously we were doing high-stakes drafts week one in Vegas, and I was able to get Aaron Jones in round five. And obviously looked good last week after Jones went 23 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown and four receptions for 34 yards. But uh, LaFleur said he wants to split. I, look, I think it hurts Aaron Jones a little bit. I'm not trading him away. I might even trade for him if, if his owner is going to panic on this news. I mean, because what's the worst-case scenario? He gets 12 to 15 touches and Williams gets as much? I don't see it because when you're in the heat of battle and say they're playing a competitive game, don't you want your best players on the field? So I still think we'll see Jones out there, and I don't think anyone expected him to get 27 touches. Also, it was a week where Green Bay went a little bit more run heavy. Remember, they opened up, uh, I don't know if that was that game 21 nothing against Minnesota. I know they scored 21 points early, and then they didn't score the rest of the game, but uh, so they went a little bit more run heavy and. We'll have to see if that is part of the plan for the Packers under the floor, but it could have been just game script. So I would uh, not panic too much. It's not ideal. It's not what you want to hear. But, you know, just because coaches say things doesn't mean they come to fruition. And I think as an Aaron Jones owner, you hope that this doesn't pan out and that they do stick with their best player. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said that Jeff Wilson is the 49ers preferred red zone back. Uh, that is kind of what we saw last week. So... I don't know if this will be something we see all the time. Uh, he did get a couple of touchdowns. Matt Breida looked really good. If you didn't see that game and you have the opportunity to go watch it or see highlights, go watch some of the run, runs Breida made. And I had tweeted this out, I think, that day. You know, because there might have been some people who were frustrated, like, oh, what happened with Matt Breida? I said, look, Breida was a great start just because he didn't get the touchdown. Because Breida had 12 carries for 121 yards. I mean, you're going to take that. Now, it does suck because Roheem Mostert also got a touchdown receiving and had double-digit carries. But I think they ran the ball 41 times in that game. Well, it was definitely a high number. They just pummeled the Bengals. They were in control. So we're not going to see that every week. So, yeah, is it a tough backfield to try and figure out? Yeah, it is. I still think Matt Breida's the best guy. Uh, I would consider Mostert. And the problem with Wilson is – 
you don't want to rely on goal line carries because there could be a week where there's no goal line carries. Either the offense gets stopped or Breida scores from 28 yards out or Mostert scores from 37 yards out. So that's the problem. Wilson deserves to be rostered in very deep formats like the FFWC. There's not much on waivers. He is out there. And, you know, all it takes is an injury to Breida or Mostert. And all of a sudden, Wilson's playing a bigger role. Of course, Tevin Coleman could be back in a couple weeks, but who knows what's going to happen with him. And I I just don't see him getting back a full-time workload. He'll be sprinkled in. So, you know, it is a dicey situation, but so many injuries happen. So Wilson is worth adding. I'm not going to spend a big portion of my budget, uh, but just keep that in mind that uh, it's going to be a little difficult. Uh, But I do – I'm still starting Brita as an RB2 because, you know, he could have easily broken one of those plays last week for a touchdown. He looked really, really good. Sean Payton not naming a starting quarterback this week. Everyone assumed it's Teddy Bridgewater, and Payton said, uh, you're assuming he's the number two, talking about Bridgewater. So we'll see what happens here. Obviously, there'll be practice notes, and we'll kind of get an idea. Maybe they split and makes it even more dicey. Cam Newton's not practicing today. There's a good chance he doesn't play. If he does, Kyle Allen will get the start. So saw Kyle Allen added in quite a few fishbowl leagues today. That is a super flex league that is very, very deep, so there's really not much on waivers. So anytime a quarterback has a starting role or is close, you know that they're going to be in the mix. Sterling Shepard still in the league's concussion protocol. He was, though, at practice today in a no-contact jersey, so maybe he's getting close. Rashard Higgins was limited in practice today. Remember, he sat out Monday night due to a knee injury, and uh, that could be more important. If N- David Njoku is out, the Rashard Higgins, that's good for him. They do have a tough matchup against the Rams this week. Uh, Rams have been pretty good defensively, and Baker Mayfield's been shaky, as we said uh, yesterday when we were recapping that game. James Conner said he's good to go for week three. He had that knee injury. Mm, still want to have Jalen Samuels on the roster just in case, and uh, I wonder if the role or workload for Conner goes down a little bit. This would be interesting to say. See, uh, look, the Eagles, I mean, we don't know. It's not looking good for their wide receivers. So they're listening to Sean Jackson with a groin injury is day-to-day. But a lot of reports indicate he's probably going to miss at least two games because they play this week against the Lions, then they have a Thursday night game in week four. So we're waiting to see on that. All Sean Jeffrey dealing with a calf injury, he's also day-to-day. So... The Eagles are, have so many injuries that Doug Peterson canceled practice today, and they're doing a walkthrough instead. So it's not looking good. And obviously Nelson Aguilar is going to be a huge pickup. He's probably available in quite a few leagues. And uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I think, is a good pickup too. You know, people will – and if you sort by stats, you're going to miss Whiteside. Uh, he did not have a good game last week, but he played a lot of snaps. And he was very good in the preseason. He was being drafted in some leagues very late. And I understood why people did it, but I'm like, oh, they're going to need an injury or two. Well, here we are. We got an injury or two more than likely. And I I think he gets incorporated into the offense. Uh, So I think if you are a fan of him, him last week being quiet was a good thing because people are going to be like, oh, well, he played a lot of snaps last week. He only had four targets for one catch. Uh, I just think he wasn't part of the game plan. Remember, uh, going in, and they had to scrap everything. So... um, Definitely in deep formats, I think you pick him up. Now, it might be a one-week thing. might be longer. Remember, teams are very optimistic when it comes to injuries, and they often are not giving us the proper information. 
You're like, yeah, he's day to day. He'll he'll be back in a week. How long? How often does that turn into four weeks? So, I think you can pick him up here. Ortega Whiteside played 92.6 percent of the snaps in week two. He only had one catch for four yards and four targets, but I just think he's going to be a bigger part of the game plan this week. Some other fab notes, free agency pickups. I, I've got a lot of questions. If Josh Allen's available on the waiver wire, yes, get him. You know, especially if you're a Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees owner. Definitely pick him up, man. He shouldn't be out there. You know, I know he's not lighting it up passing-wise, but he's got a high floor rushing. You know, two weeks in a row, he's had a rushing touchdown. So that's going to give you a high floor each week. So he's probably one of the better pickups if available. Do like Andy Dalton, too. It's not a great matchup this week going to Buffalo. Could be tough, but that offense definitely looks improved with Zach Taylor taking over. And the defense is terrible. They're giving up a lot of points. Dalton has attempted 93 passes in two games, 729 yards, four touchdowns. So this looks like a team that's going to be playing from behind, passing a lot. They do have some offensive line issues. Dalton's been sacked nine times so far this year, but they haven't run the ball. Joe Mixon, 27 rushing yards through two games. Not happy right now as a Joe Mixon owner. And it's funny, I remember when someone was looking at my draft, the last draft I did in Vegas, the beat out at Ronis League, because I started off with four wide receivers, and I go, oh, why didn't you take a running back early? Did you think about taking Joe Mixon in round two? It's like, no, I just had some concerns about him. Like it wasn't, and he could easily turn it around. I know he got banged up in week one, but uh, had some concerns there. Like the talent, but a little concerned about that offensive line. Jacoby Brissett's not a bad pickup either. You know, the first two weeks, they haven't really asked him to do much. 55 pass attempts, but he's got five touchdowns and one interception. But if you look at the schedule the next three weeks, Falcons, Raiders, and Chiefs. They can't afford to be conservative in those games, you know, especially if those teams put up points. I mean, the Falcons could put up points, so they might have to match them. Raiders, obviously not a good football team, so you should find some open receivers. And the Chiefs, obviously, you're going to have to pass to keep up with them since we haven't seen anyone shut them down yet. And maybe at some point they will. Running back situation, again, Darwin Thompson, based on the news that we're seeing today, you know, he could play a big role. Frank Gore is out there. 30 carries, 88 yards. Again, hasn't been great, but great matchup this week. And Devin Singletary not at practice today with that hamstring injury. So I think you can look at Gore. Jalen Samuels, maybe the bid goes lower if he's out there. I know I have him in a few leagues and was hoping to use him, but it sounds like James Conner is going to play. But let's see him practice first. Let's see what those reports are. Ido Smith, people are starting to ask questions about him. Have him in roster in a couple leagues. Look, Devonta Freeman hasn't been good so far, but... It has been against the Vikings and Eagles. Those are two good run defenses. Smith does seem to have a little bit more burst and looks a little bit better. And Smith has essentially been splitting. Smith played 37.9% of the snaps in week two. Four carries, 32 yards, two catches for 13 yards. So I do think you can add him. Uh, He's more of a stash, and maybe that becomes more of a split. So I think this is a big week for Freeman here to see what he can do uh, since he has not really shown much so far. Wide receivers, obviously, McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson are prime pickups. If they're available, it's going to take a lot of money because in that Chiefs offense, you want exposure. Nelson Aguilar is out there in a lot of leagues. Randall Cobb, he should see more targets. He's not replacing Gallup, but should see more targets in the offense. Lots more ahead. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Bill Enright, ffchamps.com. We'll talk some of the top stories in fantasy football with Bill. When we return, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mm 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon as we start to get some of the practice reports in today. And again, Wednesday, not the most important day. Any guys who are really banged up, they're not going to practice. And as I mentioned many times, there's no need to rush to set your lineup. You know, you always want to make the decisions with the most information. So uh, make sure that you uh, wait. Because we're just not going to know on several players for a while. So make sure that you have the most information because we're going to see a lot of guys who are banged up in that practice today. We don't know what's going on with Philadelphia right now with their wide receivers. They didn't practice today. Devin Singletary, Kansas City running back. So we still have a lot of information that we have to sort through. And remember, the Thursday night game tomorrow is very, it's not appealing for fantasy. There's not a lot of players you're going to use in this game. And I did see reports that it's going to be very windy there. It's not like you were going to go with a lot of the quarterbacks anyway. So just hold off on these decisions we're going to have until Sunday. Uh, Because, again, I just don't see the Thursday night game being very appealing. There's not many players you're going to use in this game. Uh, The running backs for sure. You know, you're going to fire up Derrick Henry. You'll fire up Leonard Fournette. But I don't think you're using any of those quarterbacks. Even in a super flex league, hopefully with no bye weeks yet, you don't have to use any of these guys. Marcus Mariota was on the injury report earlier in the week. He looks fine, but he's constantly banged up, and you just don't feel good about that passing game right now. Uh, They're just not getting much production out of it at all. Join me now. It is Bill Enright from FFChamps.com. Bill, what's going on? What's up, Adam? Another week in the NFL, a lot of injuries. Players are merging on the waiver wire. A never-ending uh, excitement with uh, the National Football League. Yeah, man, these quarterback injuries are insane. Uh, so many of them going down. We might not even have Cam Newton this week. So, uh, have you been affected much by uh, these quarterback injuries? Did you have two of them on the same team? No, never had two of them on the same team, and it's more of collateral damage with a lot of my fantasy teams, where I had a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster who we both had very ranked very highly this year. A couple of my shirts of James Conner I'm a little bit worried about. I don't have Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara, but uh, a lot of my, my Steelers players I'm worried about. So with that collateral damage of Big Ben going down, now has me a little bit worried about some of these playmakers. Yeah, I don't know. Mason Rudolph, maybe it's not so bad. It's not like, and I know it was only a game and a half, it's not like the Steelers' offense was clicking with Ben anyway. So, you know, I think there might be situations that are worse. Uh, maybe Juju doesn't have the upside that we envision, you know, hoping for a top five season. But, you know, how bad can it be? <laughs> I mean, it could be really, really bad. Mason Rudolph could turn into, like, who knows, like the next worst quarterback ever to take over, and we can't wait to see Big Ben next year. Um, I mean, he could. I guess he could turn into, like, the next Tom Brady where he comes off the bench in the middle of the season for a veteran Super Bowl contender and all of a sudden leads him to the playoffs. But 
I mean, we'll see. I'm optimistic, I guess, but I'm still a little bit nervous until I see some more of it in action. Yeah, Cam Newton obviously not practicing, and it's not sounding like he can play. I think long-term is the issue with Cam Newton here. Uh, he had open receivers in that last game. Could it hit them? How concerned are you about the Panthers' offense right now, or could it get much worse with the way Cam played? Because that, that was just a horrible game for Cam. It was a horrible game for Cam, but you know what? Like Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson, they're still producing. So if you have Cam, that's the worry part because he was playing poorly. So if you're relying on Cam, then you're probably nervous because without him running, his passing, just from a fantasy perspective, is not enough. But his playmakers were still having, having decent production. I mean, McCaffrey didn't have a, a, a good game against the Bucks, but he was excellent in week one. Greg Olson had, had a great week, too. So and, and and I think uh, I think I said Ridley before, but I meant Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. I mean they've been productive as well. So if you have any of those Panthers playmakers, you're hoping that if anything, it doesn't get worse with Cam Newton. Maybe he takes a week off and he's better in week four. We've seen Devontae Freeman play 57 percent of the snaps the first two weeks, and Edo Smith at 46 percent. Is this something that continues, or do you think eventually Freeman gets going? And he has faced the Eagles and Vikings run defense, which are good. But uh, should Freeman owners be worried, or does it get better? Never been a Freeman guy. Uh, I know he had a couple good seasons. I missed out on those seasons, but I think once he got paid, the fact is he you know missed all practically all of last year. Uh, the Falcons. Offensive line should be a lot better than it's playing. Maybe it's the fact that they did play two pretty good run defenses, but 11 carries for 22 yards in Week 2 for Devontae Freeman, eight eight carries for 19 yards in Week 1 against the Vikings. Either they need to get him the ball more, which may create more volume in terms of the yardage category, but I'm just not seeing that kind of explosiveness or him in the open field is enough, in, enough and, he, and he's not contributing in the passing attack. Uh, three catches for 12 yards in Week 1, same amount of catches in week two. He did make it for 14 yards, but that sub 3.0 yard per carry is pretty alarming. Talking to Bill Enright, FFChamps.com, Bull Market Fantasy as well. A lot of people asking questions. They're worried. They want to know what is going on with O.J. Howard. What do you see as the problem, and is he a guy that you stay patient with? Because we know the tight end landscape is an absolute disaster on the waiver wire unless you're in a four-team league. So what is the solution for O.J. Howard owners right now? Well, I, one, I think he does have a good game against the Giants because the Giants can't stop tight end. So, so let's get the fact that he had a 0.0 out of the way on Thursday night. Chris Godwin went off in that game. They still have Mike Evans. So at very best, you knew O.J. Howard was a number three tight end coming into the season. Now, did people overevaluate him thinking he's going to be a top six tight end just based on his limited um, totals last year in an entirely different offense? That could possibly be the case. Maybe we just all thought that O.J. Howard was going to have this breakout season, his third year in the NFL, but without Mike Evans and without Chris Godwin being you know, injured, then O.J. Howard is number three in, in that target pecking order. So I think maybe the expectations were overblown coming into the season, and then you combine it with a zero last week, and fantasy managers are starting to get panicky. I do think that changes against the Giants in week three. They have a pretty good schedule where it should be a um, positive game flow over the next couple of weeks with the Rams and the Saints uh, and the Panthers again. So it should be all high-scoring games. 
But I don't think O.J. Howard is going to be the top five guy. He is going to be in between that five and ten range, and it just goes back to the overall status status of the tight end position where unless you have a Kelsey, a Kittle, an Ertz, then or Mark Andrews apparently, um, then you're going to have some up and down weeks with tight ends, and that's why they're so frustrating. And it, combine that with the limited player pool to begin with, and that's one of those spots in fantasy football where you really have to try to hit on that tight end that's going to give you consistent production. Even like a guy like Darren Waller, he might not be getting in the end zone, but you'll take the six catches for 70 yards every week. I had someone ask, what do I do with O.J. Howard? Here are my options. And they were like, Will Disley, Tyler Eifert, Jason Wood. And I'm like, do you really think these guys are going to be an improvement and be consistent? Like, come on. But, you know, that's the frustrating part of all this, right? Because the general population of fantasy players sees Jason Wynn scoring back-to-back weeks of uh, touchdowns, sees Will Disley get in the end zone twice. They don't realize that O.J. Howard's a much better talent, uh, not prime not you know, prime season uh, Jason Wynn, but, you know, uh, Jason Wynn that came out of the broadcasting booth now in his 36-year season, whatever, however old he is. But the fact is, you know, O.J. Howard – still one of the better talents at the position and you do feel like he should get things going a lot a lot more consistent compared to those guys you just mentioned but through the first two weeks of the season i mean you can't neglect the fact that will disley scored twice and and oj howard didn't even cut the pass this player was taken in the first two rounds 17 carries 27 yards do you know who i'm talking about Wait, uh, this player was taken in the first two rounds. How many carries? 17 carries, 27 yards rushing. Uh, um, uh, 22 carries, 17 yards rushing. No, I, I don't know. Well, 17 for 27. No, but Joe Mixon. I know he was banged oh. up week one, but how worried should Mixon yeah. owners be right now? Yeah. You know, they lost another old lineman. Uh, the Bengals actually, their offense is, is not playing that bad. Badly, John Ross is coming on. I'm not a big believer in him, but I, I do think uh, Andy Dalton has looked pretty good with him. Tyler Boyd had a good game last week, over 100 yards. The rushing attack, Mixon needs to get involved in the passing attack, right? Because th- that's where he is going to be, that three-down back. Could it just be the ankle was bothering him too much, but he toughed it out and played? Um, could it be that the Seahawks had pretty good run defense compared to other teams? The, the Mixon thing is... He's supposed to be a workhorse, kind of like James Conner, but neither of them are really contributing too much in a passing attack right now, and that's hurting a lot of their value. What do you think about the Chiefs' backfield right now? LaShawn McCoy dealing with an ankle injury. Damian Williams didn't practice due to a knee. Uh, Is this Darwin Thompson time, potentially? What a mess. I hope it's Darwin Thompson time. My dynasty team would love that. I took him fourth overall. Um, my, my draft was before the McCoy news, so I, I had him fourth overall in my rookie-only draft. Um, I, I, I wasn't going to take Daryl Henderson because I, I believe in that Andy Reid backfield. Andy Reid has produced a top 12 running back in fantasy football, dating all the way back to 2002 with Brian Westbrook, and then it was LaShawn McCoy, and there was a, you know Kareem Hunt and, and Jamal Charles, and these guys are, are, are top 12 floor. That's their floor. And some of these years, Brian Westbrook uh, – Kamara, uh, not Kamara, did I say Kamara before? Kareem Hunt, Brian Westbrook, uh, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy. Some, some of those seasons, they finished in the top three. So I wanted any piece of that Kansas City backfield that I could get. Even if it's a timeshare, I knew whoever was 
sharing the time that given week would produce solid numbers. So I, I have a lot of Damian Williams. I was very high on him all offseason, even after he went out with the hamstring injury. Um, I believed in Darwin Thompson as, as, a, as a rookie commodity in dynasty, fact, uh, dynasty formations. I like the fact that Shrill McCoy came in, but he has not looked that good. The ankle injury for him is a little bit more worrisome than the knee injury for Damian Williams, only because of the fact that Lashawn McCoy is a lot older. Um, but I think eventually this will be Darwin Thompson's backfield. For now, I think it's going to be a little bit of a mix, but these guys have to get it going. I don't think it's going to be this weekend against the Ravens, though. Carrion Johnson has looked really good, but he's only played 57% of the snaps. They did cut C.J. Anderson. We saw Ty Johnson involved, J.D. McKissick. Is this just the way it's going to be for Carrion Johnson owners this year? Yeah, for some reason, this owner, this um, the head coaching staff in, in Detroit has made it known that they do not want to feature Carrion Johnson as a lead back. Perhaps it's his lengthy injury history dating back to his days at Auburn. Uh, he missed a lot of time last year as a rookie. Maybe they don't want to overwork him. But at the same time, I mean, he's clearly the most talented back on that team. There's a big difference when he's on the field in that backfield. I don't have any shares of Carrion Johnson this year. They brought in Paul Perkins from the New York Giants practice squad and cut C.J. Anderson. I'm not sure if that's really going to make a difference in how they use Carrion. But if they are going to frustrate fantasy managers all year long, at least let Carrion get the, be the one to get the touchdown, be the one to get the goal line looks. Because right now it, it seems like you know in week one he didn't score. In week two he only scored off a receiving, ta- uh, a receiving catch. But this is a team that's supposed to be run heavy and yet they're not using their best back as a, as a, as a run-heavy option. All right, Bill, let people know where they can find your work. Bullmarketfantasy.com every Tuesday and Thursday at 1045 Eastern. We do a live show with Jim Cramer. You know him from CNBC's Mad Money. Yes, we do, and I appeared on the show yesterday, so check that out. Bill, thanks a lot for your time, and good luck this weekend. You got it, Adam. You too. Again, that is Bill Enright. He's been one of the top rankers, according to Fantasy Pros. Find him at ffchamps.com frequently on this show as well. When we come back, another injury to report for our key running back. Let you know who it is next here on Full-Time Fantasy. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, check me out, FullTimeFantasy.com. The Fab article is up. We've got our Week 3 rankings. You can ask questions on the message boards and forums, the injury report, red zone report, and a lot of great tools to have you successful in fantasy football this year. Also, contributing for SI.com slash fantasy, you can check out my StockWatch article posted today. We do have some injury news. Colts running back Marlon Mack missed practice today with a calf injury. So uh, he was spotted uh, in the locker room there and uh, in a walking boot. So carrying a walking boot. So not in it. But still, calf injuries are very tricky. It doesn't sound like 
he's going to miss time, but we don't know. I've always said this. We find out on Wednesday these injuries that we didn't know about. You know, sometimes the players, it doesn't happen till Monday or Tuesday. They come to the facility. The first day they start putting the injury reports out are on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. Jordan Wilkins would probably be the feature back with Naheem Hines playing a role in the passing game. We haven't really seen a lot of Naheem Hines so far. Uh, Jameis Winston also on the injury report with a foot injury. Uh, he is expected to play this week, though, against the Giants, and he did uh, practice in full. So it doesn't seem like this is a big deal, but, hey, you never know. I mean, we heard reports from Pittsburgh Steelers players that they knew about Ben Roethlisberger's elbow in practice all week. He wasn't on the injury report, so you just never know with NFL teams. You can't trust what these coaches are saying, and I say it all the time. Same thing with Todd Gurley. I know he's looked good here so far, but, you know, they have limited his workload. And it's pretty apparent. So uh, there'll be more of these things that pop up. And you're just going to have to monitor the news and act quick, man. Especially if you have those first-come, first-serve leagues, which I hate. Uh, I try to put that information out on Twitter as soon as possible so you guys can go and pick up those players as soon as possible. So you really have to be alert and stay tuned to the news, especially in those leagues. There's a lot of leagues where... And we don't do it in the high-stakes leagues. It's only two waiver wire periods, which is the way to go. Again, I benefit from first-come, first-serve because I'm usually near a phone and on top of this information, but it is not the most fair way to do things. That wraps it up here. You can always hit me up on fulltimefantasy.com on the message boards and forums if you have any specific, specific questions. I'll be there to help. And I'll be back Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.